So Raj and Caleb, welcome and thanks for joining us for this episode of Advice Worth Keeping. So let's get right into the questioning here. Headlines are now full of stories about ransomware and the rise of phishing and other security threats. With so many employees now working remotely due to COVID, the threat envelope has expanded. In our most recent Harvey Nash KPMG CIO survey, for example, 41% of IT leaders reported an increase in cybersecurity incidents since the pandemic began. Yet, the two of you have said that the biggest threat to enterprise security today isn't ransomware, the phishing attacks, or the source code flaws. Caleb, starting with you here, then what is the biggest threat? Hi, Joe. So, one of the things that we see happen in organizations of all sizes to some extent, um, because there's certainly different things in, in shops of different maturity, but... Um, there's, I think, maybe a normal human tendency, if left unchecked, to, to trend towards a bit of complacency. And here's a little bit of what that might feel like in certain organizations. You know, once we feel like there's a new capability or we've reached where we're supposed to be on you know, a given um, service, perhaps, that the CISO's organization wants to offer, we set it and forget it. We move on to the next priority because we have so much on our plates. Um, but let me give an example or two. Like, we may say that the appropriate level of encryption uh, that we expect across the organization's applications is this. And then once we hit that threshold of whatever percentage of the portfolio has that, we we move on. Uh, or we may say, you know, the remediation time for vulnerabilities of this severity is X. And we set it and forget it because, again, we have so much on our plates. But what we might also consider is asking in six months or 12 months from now, or whatever the number is, is that still the right number? Is that still the right threshold? How can we get better? Because, you know, there's always new standards for encryption coming out that we should reassess and make sure we reassess. And there's probably ways that if our acceptable time for remediation of a certain vulnerability is 30 days, why not in, in a year from now, why don't we try 25 or six months from now, try 20, whatever that mix is to ensure that we're always asking how we can be better. That's one of the challenges I think um, we see in some clients. Okay, thanks, Caleb. So, Raj, over to you. Uh, obviously, the need for security is not a one-and-done concept. Most CIOs or CISOs fully recognize the threat to enterprise security. So what's needed? So one thing that I, I see very often in organizations and companies is, you know, is that that one and done concept. Let's implement some STEM technology. And once it's implemented, we can check that box and call it done. Well, you know, technology should not be seen as a solution, but rather as an enabler for a solution. Implementation of security programs are, are rather a journey rather than a one and done concept. So, in fact, I mean, when you implement technology, that's often just the beginning of the program, right? You have to focus on adoption of that program. You have to focus on incorporating that into the culture or the fabric of the organization in order to, you know, in order for it to be successful. Uh, if I can give you an example of that, um, you know, let's take an identity and access management program. You know, often you'll see organizations driven to implement an identity governance tool or software. Well, that's really just the beginning, right? Um, you know, implementing that tool, getting some of those processes in place, that's great. But until your applications are onboarded into that tool and the integration is completely done, you're not going to see the reduction in risk and you're not going to see, you know, changes to 
um, you know, changes to your wrist posture, if you will. Um, and this can often be a multi-year effort because there are so many, you know, there are hundreds of applications that usually, you know, have that potential of being um, integrated within the, the tool, if you will, or this, the technology. So, um, and then the final thought I'll just leave you here with this is the CIOs and CISOs need to be constantly collaborating with the business. You know, requirements, technology, um, processes, everything are changing on a day-to-day basis. So security really needs to be integrated into the culture of the organization. Um, And cybersecurity really needs to be seen as a business enabler, not as as a blocker or roadblock, you know, if CISOs and CIOs want to stay relevant. Thanks. Caleb, anything you want to add to that? You know, I love Roger's examples there because I think uh, Roger's example was in the identity and access management space. I see the exact same phenomenon in application security and security DevOps, um, you know, parts of the enterprise where, you know, the leaders ask, hey, we need this technology in place. And the team runs off and, and puts that on. And the light is green. And when the leader asks, are we up and running? Is this thing going? The, the team will say, absolutely, boss. <laughs> but but nobody asks later, what percent of the places that that is supposed to be um, implemented or what percent of their portfolio is, is taking advantage of this and really driving the business value that the leader expected? I'm being a little glib on purpose for the sake of the story, but uh, time and again, I see and I expect Raj sees as well where that's perhaps an afterthought. There's not enough thought given to driving the adoption of that new capability across the places where leadership expected, whether that's you know how many apps in the portfolio are being scanned by static application security scanners or whatever flavor of tooling we're talking about, or you know in a legacy vulnerability management program, you know are all of the networks that we're expecting to be covered being scanned, or do we just have like the bare minimum and now we're moving on to something else? Um, it's a normal tendency if we don't make sure that we ask ourselves regularly if we're making the most uh, business value of our investment. Okay, Raj, back to you here. I'm thinking through the laundry list of things digital leadership has on its plate. Strategy alignment, the continual support of legacy infrastructures, managing security and compliance concerns, cloud software updates, the list is never ending, truly. When we talk about managed services, what's the value your clients are seeing? So, you know, one of the things we constantly see, as, as you mentioned, is everybody's got too much on their plates. We're not able to focus on our strategic objectives because we're too busy running our day-to-day, you know, operational pieces, you know, for, uh, of, of any program or any um, technology that's been implemented. So, so I would say, you know, I, I'd probably break up into three or four areas where I see kind of the, the benefits of managed services. You know, first is the access to talent and skills. As everybody knows, cybersecurity is extremely hot right now. And, uh, you know, these skills are very hard to come by. Um, and, and then, you know, getting the, enough people to provide enough support, enough scale, um, 24 by 7 support where needed is a real challenge and can be very expensive for a you know for an organization. So you know what managed services does is is it's able to to leverage kind of economies of scale, if you will, for that. You know, bring in the right talent, the right skills, get them trained up, and then be able to service multiple clients at the same time and really provide that you know around the clock support. Um, it also allows for 
um, elasticity or increasing of scale when needed and, you know, reducing down when needed. So, so really getting the, 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 the top talent, but allowing those, those skilled resources to, you know, to be available all the time when needed. Um, you know, another area I think that we, we see a lot of struggle with in organizations is, um, is just keeping up with, with all the, the changes that are happening in the technology, uh, patches, upgrades, and all that. That tends to be a full-time operational endeavor for, for any organization and, and really distracts, you know, from the, the core the core reason that this was implemented. So, um, you know, managed services can take away those day-to-day operations, if you will, and manage them for the client, you know, put together some really strong discipline processes, strong regression testing, strong release management in order to, to move these changes through uh, and, and, you know, reduce that burden on, you know, on the organization. And, you know, and I'd say that the final thing, you know, as I mentioned in our previous question was really focused around, um, you know, making um, security, cybersecurity an enabler to the business, allowing the, the core folks, the core employees to be focused on the strategy and the direction of where the, you know, that cybersecurity program is going so that they're not constantly thinking about the operational piece. Because like I said, that can be a real distraction and it is a full-time job, um, which, you know, I speak from experience on that. So being able to leverage a managed service to, to really allow um, you know, cybersecurity to be a part of the business rather than, um, you know, just a, an operational piece of the uh, of IT. Building on Roger's response, I think it's a natural inclination, probably uh, another human behavior to perhaps for leaders to try and take a shot at things um, on their own because there's perhaps a perception that what's driving our need to ask somebody else for help why can't we do this as our, ourselves? And I think it can be a mistake because there are multiple industries I can think of, again, in my neck of the woods in application security, for example, and there's definitely different cyber domains where this is the same, that an organization, um, many organizations should absolutely not try and grow their own in-house, uh, you know, in my case, application security talent. The, the talent is so scarce and so expensive and, you know, the likelihood that a year, two years down the line, we're where we expected to be because the competition for that talent is so intense. And again, the cost in the meantime to us is so high that it's just a smarter move to let somebody else take care of that for us. Of course, it's very prescribed. It's very controlled and, you know, very clear what the business gets for that investment but it would be a mistake to try and grow that in-house in many organizations. Caleb, staying with you here. I've heard the two of you talk about how this work is better viewed as a relationship rather than a project. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah, I think this is um, a spin on our theme of um, checking the box. And from a planning perspective, a portfolio management perspective, sometimes we set begin and end dates on on efforts like this where the real thing is the truth is that the effort is going to continue far beyond the end date of this initial setup of a new capability for example and you know i like to think of it more as uh, my favorite metaphor is going to the gym you don't want to tell your doctor yeah 
doc, I, I went to the gym a month this year. I'm okay, right? No, you need to keep going to the gym and keep improving, keep working that muscle, whether it's cardio or otherwise, so that um, you're healthy. And by the same token, the relationship here is not something that you can work on for a month and then turn your attention elsewhere. This is something that um, if we want to do it well and drive the value for the business we're talking about, we'll treat it as such. Raj, any thoughts? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I agree with you 100% on that. I mean, you know, cybersecurity really needs to be integrated within the business and the culture of the organization for it to be successful. I mean, I, we're seeing a lot of business requirements, you know, things like customer identity and access management or single sign-on or those kind of things, right, which actually enable more uh, business value uh, than just, you know, providing security you know there's user behavioral analytics and those kind of things you know it, it helps things like reducing fraud it helps uh, you know reducing your overall risk but it also helps improve you know the the user experience as well right so strategically there's a lot of benefits i think that cybersecurity can bring to the table uh you know when working with the business so um i think having cybersecurity as a part of the, the culture and, you know, the thought process whenever, um, you know, new relation, new projects or, uh, and such come up, I think is, is key. So Raj, Caleb, you've both shared a, a significant amount of useful information with us today, and I appreciate that. I'm sure our listeners do too. But as we close out, is there anything else you'd want to share with our listeners you think is important? Sure, Joe. I think w when considering the value and using managed services for some subset of our broader security capabilities in a large organization, or maybe even not so large organization. I think it's important to remember, while this may be a, a new sensation for a lot of security leaders, this is a very well-trodden path in other, in other places, in other industries. I mean, when large auto manufacturers build a car, they have a huge network of suppliers who are better at certain parts of that auto manufacturing process. By the same token, security leaders would do well to consider using suppliers who are really good at certain small tasks that are repeatable and generally at a fraction of the cost of sending up that capability in-house. Um, I think that's the message I would leave our audience with is that it's a valuable consideration to invest in managed services for all the great reasons that Raj explained earlier, the talent, uh, the easy button, if you will, so that the security business can really focus on the things that it needs to in-house and the ones that it shouldn't focus on, it can lead to other people who are great at that. Yeah, and I guess, you know, just to, just to add on that, I mean, absolutely. I mean, it just the, the, the market is so hot for cybersecurity resources right now. It's very hard to get and very expensive. So, you know, being able to leverage those economies of scale, I think, will really, um, you know, really will help give, you know, organizations an advantage in terms of being able to focus on those that's those strategic capabilities. So great. Well Raj, Caleb, I want to thank you both so much for joining me today and for your valuable insights. Uh, look forward to speaking again in the near future. And to our listeners, thanks for joining us. We'll connect again on another episode of Advice Worth Keeping. <laughs>